Welcome to the Jane Bond Show, from execution to excellence. And I am your host, Jane Bond, the serial entrepreneur who will be sharing with you valuable life lessons and interviewing influencers from around the country who are breaking through to success, along with giving you advice on navigating through the game. Today, our topic is acting up. Our special guest will share with us his trials and tribulations, struggles, challenges, and wins of breaking through one of the biggest games, Hollywood. He will also share with us valuable life lessons when it comes to landing your support system with your team of management and agents. These are the people who propel your career to the next level. He shares with us mindset, energy, motivation, foundation, and fortitude, which all got him through to where he is now. Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my good friend and our special guest, Mr. Keith Burke of the Haves and the Haves Nots, Tyler Perry's successful TV show on the OWN TV network. Mr. Burke, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about your backstory? You know, you and I go a long way back, but they they don't know that. We'll get into that later, but I want you to let them know who you are. Absolutely. I'm Keith Burke. I'm originally from West Philadelphia, 50th hey, hey. and Chestnut, to be exact. <laughs> I grew up on 50th and Chestnut Street. I, uh, wow, I went to Philadelphia Public Schools, Philadelphia Private Schools. Uh, I even went to West Catholic for Boys, which was actually on my actual block on the same side of the street as my house that I grew up in. Oh, I didn't and, know that. That was easy. <laughs> yeah, that was short-lived, though. They threw me out of there. I ended up at Valley Forge Military Academy and Junior College <laughs> out in Wayne, Pennsylvania, because I wasn't on the act right. And Yeah, somehow managed to make my way through a few other schools. Let's see. Before I got to Valley Forge, I was at Penn Center Academy. I and I went to West Philadelphia High School. So I've been I was all over the place as a teenager. Like I literally was just always trying to find my where I fit. And uh yeah, Well they had to get you together, huh? They had to get me together. I mean, <laughs> all they, the way they really together. did. I was I was I was a troubled young man trying to find <laughs> his way. But uh I think that's I think that's ultimately what I think a lot of artists go through unless they understand from a really young age and commit to that to that goal I think you always are looking for something you know some place to fit in really well oh you're so, right about that we yeah all so are. mine was a tumultuous start okay well it seems like you got it together that's for sure I it's did. funny I was at, I went to West Philly High too did you yeah it's funny we didn't run into each other we should have yeah. seen each other we might have and not even you know made the connection at the time right right yeah but, so, uh, so Keith, we're going to jump right into this. Okay. I, got, I had a lot of questions to ask, but I'm not going to go all the way there, but I have a lot of questions. So let's lean in here. Okay. You know, what was it like for you um, at a young age uh, to, to discover your acting chops? Like, how, where did that come from? It actually came from my mother. Um, growing up in the church, it was like they always had plays, plays for Easter, plays for Christmas. Um, things like that and my mother always kind of pushed me to 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 get involved in that and it seemed fun and I always liked the fact that I could memorize lines like I wouldn't just memorize my lines I'd memorize the entire play and know everybody's lines and mine and it was just kind of like a game to me as a kid like how much can I commit to memory not knowing that that was an actual skill that I was developing 
And I had so much fun in the process. And I always loved the way people would respond even back then to, um, you know, just doing a great job at something. It was something that I could, I could do well. And I was just thankful to be good at something. And, um, it made my mother happy. It made her proud. So I, you know, was that there was that, but it wasn't anything that I took too serious. Like, Oh, this is, this means that at the time it was just something that I was doing. And my mother, you know, she was just like, no, you know, I want you to get involved in that play too. And then she started looking for plays outside of uh, church, you know, like I, uh, I can't remember this church, but it was in North Philly and they were actually doing a production of Annie. And I'm, I couldn't have been more than 12 years old. And the director at the time wanted me to play Daddy Warbucks. And it was just like, I was like, wow, it kind of blew my mind that somebody was taking me serious enough to do something outside of that. And I had been in, the, um, I was in the Philadelphia Boys Choir too. So my mother always pushed me towards music and art. I took piano lessons. I learned how to read music. And so when I auditioned for the Boys Choir, that was an opportunity for me to really see what entertainment could do for you as a child, because you know, in Philadelphia, we didn't do a lot of television and, and things like that. Broadway was in New York. So you were, right. you know, you felt it wasn't even something that crossed my mind. So like being in the Philadelphia Boys Choir, I, my mother had found out about because two of the young men that um, I grew up in the church with had been in the choir and went on to be in the men's chorale and things like that. And I had heard that they were traveling around the world and, you know, going to different places. So I was just like, wow, this just seemed like something out of reach my mother was like no i'm gonna get you an audition <laughs> right in this choir you're gonna find so she would ask about it and i ended up in the district four choir when i was in public school elementary school and the uh, choir director for the district four choir actually asked me had i ever heard of the boys choir and i said yeah two guys from my church and he says i'm gonna put in a word for you i think you should audition for that so it was it was like wow so this is this now i'm telling my mother like wow the choir director says I should audition and you think so. So I ended up getting an audition for the choir and it was like a 700 kids and we auditioned and they had the eliminations and so forth. And long story short, obviously I ended up making, making the choir and, and having an opportunity to travel with Dr. Hamilton, who was an amazing man and uh, just get to see outside of Philadelphia, get to see outside of this country. And it changed my life. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, of course, you know, that exposure is so, you know, important in our lives as young people children growing up and having that support you know not everybody has that so you were very fortunate to have that from your mom your mom was already being a stage mom before he even realized that you had the dream oh absolutely so, my mother so, told me when I was nine years old that I was going to be an actor she told me flat out you're going to be an actor when you, when you and I was like no I'm not I'm going in the NFL I'm gonna be a football player I'm, you know <laughs> like it never even I was like no you have to mind. you don't <laughs> even know your own child this is tragic right? you know <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's a good segue to to digress a little bit here. What was your dream, as you just stated? It sounded like that's what you wanted to do, football. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, I, I, I was watching football with my mom um, as early as four. Like, I was hooked on Monday Night Football, like Howard Cosell. And I just wanted to, to play professional football. That's all I thought about. I didn't think of any other sports. If it didn't support my dream of getting to play, you know, going to the NFL, it, 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 I, I wasn't interested. Like, so I played basketball only for recreation, but it did help me with defense. It did help me with, with jumping and, and, and things like that. I hand the eye coordination, but I only saw a football. That was all I thought. I lived it, breathed it, and slept it. And, you know, until I ended up, you know, with a knee injury later on. 
Okay. Uh, and that shut that whole dream down. And it was ironic because at the time, you know, I was actually still doing like little theater stuff, uh, just, you know, just with friends and didn't even think anything of it. It was just, you know, something to do. And I never forget the doctor saying, well, you know, you might want to seriously consider focusing on your entertainment side. Cause my mother was like, no, he still, he does this and he does that. He was like, because it, you know, at the time, you know, with a knee injury back then, that was it. Right. Like now they can, they can get you back on the field within a year, you That's know, or maybe six months. Right. But back then in the ancient times, <laughs> you know, when, knee, <laughs> when, when reconstructive knee surgery was only a, a, you know, my mother had to sign off a waiver. Like this is a test surgery. We don't, we can't right. guarantee anything. You might become a bionic kid. (laughs) Exactly. So she saved my knee. Um, She had, you know, she she allowed that surgery to take place. And as a result, I'm, you know, obviously I'm walking fine today for the most part without, you know. But yeah, I mean, for me, it was it was really a big thing where I saw myself just sports because I was young. I didn't really. And I felt like any any opportunities um, beyond sport um, will come through that. So I was like, well, I can still be an actor. And, and and everybody gonna get mad, but you got to realize how old I am. I was looking <laughs> right? at OJ Simpson and other other <laughs> other different um, athletes who were segueing their their careers into entertainment because of their celebrity from sports. And I felt like that was something I could you know I could satisfy both things. I could play sports and then segue into entertainment from sports, you know. But you know the universe has other plans and happen. Figure it out. And I just felt lost. I felt lost. And wow. The neck, the, 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 and kind of went into a deep depression about it. And I think from that point on, you know, for the, like my early 20s were spent like kind of just wondering in a sense, trying to figure out where I belong. Um, and, and you it did was a, say that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it was a seed planted a long time ago. I was in South America and I was, uh, I was talking with someone about, you know, like what I wanted to do with my life and, and trying to think about what would work. And and I remember my experiences traveling and I wrote about it my freshman year of college and we had to do these different essays. And um, I had I wrote an essay about my trip to South America and I never forget my uh, my professor saying like he was like, I felt like I was there. I could feel the heat. I could feel the dirt underneath my feet all of these things he was like how you describe things and I realized then that that's what brought me joy to for someone to to feel that way or react that way to a story that I was telling so that was like my first indication that I wanted to be involved in storytelling but it it, I still hadn't like grabbed on latched on to it yet but that was like but that would that had planted a seed and I started thinking about how could I how could I be a storyteller? Maybe I'm meant to be a writer. So I started thinking about that. And I was like, but it never felt like enough, you know, to be able to, you know, really be a part. I, I felt like, yeah, as much as I like to t- write the story, I'd like to be involved in the telling of the story. Okay. And, and so I think that that kind of brought me around to being more conscious and, and being more honest with myself about being in front of an audience, whether it be on stage or at that point, I hadn't even thought about, movies or television but I know like from the time that Spike Lee came out with She's Gotta Have It and I saw people that looked like me who weren't famous at that time okay. but they were creating something and they were telling stories and they were entertaining and making you laugh and, and taking you through all these emotions and I thought that made it a much more real to me 
You know, that made it much more accessible to me. And then on the heels of that, I think right after that was uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And that was it for me. Once I saw someone that I knew that I had grown up around and seen throughout my childhood, throughout my teenage years, I was like, well, he's doing this. And I, right? and, and I understood that he didn't start there. He started with music. Will started mm-hmm. with music. That's right. And then he segued to, to, to acting. And even with being transparent enough to say, hey, I was learning as I was going along. I mean, he was very transparent about that stuff. So it really started to give me confidence to think, man, maybe you never know. Like, why don't you be on, you know, why don't you start looking in that direction to really see if this is something that you may even have a skill, like where you are now, you're not a kid anymore. You know, people aren't just going to clap for you because you can memorize lines. Like, can you tell a story in front of an audience? Absolutely. And, and I started, you know, kind of, putting feelers out for what I could do within the city of Philadelphia. And that's how I ended up at Freedom Theater. Okay. So how did you overcome that and decide to move forward when you were, you know, delivered that shattered, you know, shattering news about Uh football. And then you realized you got into storytelling. You wanted to do that once you started traveling. I mean, hey, you never know. You might have another, you know, career in your life. Let's just keep moving forward. Right. So tell me about how I, did you move forward with that? I think that what what, what the, the biggest blessings for me was obviously one being in the Philadelphia Boys Choir and having an opportunity to see things that I otherwise would have never seen before and had an opportunity to see what was outside of my surroundings. And that has such an important bearing on the way you see yourself. Like most of what we believe about ourselves is what we feel we can access. You know, like if we think, oh, you know, like people will go into certain stores and all of a sudden they'll shrink up and they'll get tentative because they don't feel like, well, I can't afford what's in here. So you you become very mindful of your actions and your movements and you want you, you pay attention to who's looking at you. And I just never, I always... I always fought against that feeling in any place that I was. I was like, I belong wherever I'm at. You and, better say that, Keith. And and if I if I don't feel like I do, then I need to be honest enough with myself to say, well, what would make me feel comfortable in this in this environment? Do and why do I feel this uncomfortable? Do I feel this uncomfortable because I feel that everyone here is ahead of me, is 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 on their game, and I'm not. You know, oftentimes when we we look at the way people look at us, we really just see a reflection of us looking at ourselves. And I had to be honest with myself, you know, like, you know, even when you and I met, I remember thinking, wow, she just has herself together. Some people can walk into a room. Oh, thank you. And whether you know it or not, you just feel this person has themselves together just by virtue of the way they walked in here. Then they open their mouths, which is the next thing. And that can either support that or it can blow it up. (laughs) <laughs> right. It supported it. And it was like, Aww. you know, when you see people who are close to your age, you feel like I feel like we were all the same age at that point. You're not thinking of a year here, two years there, whatever. But you, you're looking at someone who's your age. So in a sense, they're kind of a mirror for you to say, wow, I want to feel the way that the way she felt, walked into this room. I want to walk into every room like that, you know. And so I always took notice of people who had had their stuff together and you knew that it wasn't just about a facade just trying to project you know the give the appearance of 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 having it together but really in living in that space and doing the things that support that and and so i think that i started to gravitate to people who 
um, you know, I felt I could learn from in that way because I started to notice the things that I wanted to be stronger. And sometimes you can have certain book knowledge, but you don't have a whole lot of common sense. So you can have street knowledge, but you don't know how to maneuver in and out of different environments. And so it became important to me to start to, you know, whether people knew it or not, you know, yourself and John, y'all were mentoring me without even knowing, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Just because I would put myself in positions to just be around y'all. Right. And, and just listen. I didn't talk a whole lot because I would listen. I wanted to learn and understand how how you move through, you know, through certain um, situations and exactly. what was required. And what and, and I always understood that at the heart of mostly anything is education. So the information is 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 the gold. And then you have to execute, which means you have to follow through and say, OK, let me just start from this place. And, 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 you know, watching people like yourself and, you know, open businesses and, and, and do different things like like it was nothing like it, even if it, I'm sure it was a lot of work, but the approach about it, the thought process behind it was, of course, I'm going to do that. And that's what I learned. I learned to start thinking like, of course, I'm going to make this happen. Of course, I realized the 20 different things I'm going to have to do and I may, you know, really run myself ragged. But look at the result. And then when you get to that result, you realize there's another step to step upon. But you have to first think it and believe it within yourself. And I saw, you know, people, you know, and I put myself around certain people like yourself. And like I said, John and, and, and others who I felt really epitomized that that uh, that work ethic and that sense of self-love and confidence. You better come on through with preaching, Mr. Mm. Burke. You said something <laughs> right. You said something very poignant here. When you said you have to see yourself and other people that you look up to or you admire and you admire them on a very positive note. And, you know, just to let the audience know, um, Keith and I uh, go back a long way. We would say a good two decades, maybe even more, a little more than over 20 years. And the gentleman that he spoke about um, was a well, still is a very good friend of ours that we lost a couple months ago. You know, God bless his soul. My good friend and beloved brother John Jones and um, uh, just to give you guys you know a sidebar on this the reason uh, the Jane Bond show was created is because I wanted to celebrate his life um, because he had just gotten to his level of success through execution and when I say he epitomized execution from ex but I'm celebrating his life by bringing these stories to you guys um, through whomever may step up to the plate and Keith Burmise, he epitomizes from execution to excellence. And I've watched this young man for 20 some odd years, just work hard. And now he is doing his thing. So you guys, please listen to this conversation. This is really going to be a good story. And with that being said, we're going to move forward. Um, and Keith, thank you for mentioning John. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we, I, I'm just thankful to be able to mention his name and be able to say it without breaking down at this point but with love and 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 celebration in my heart and with gratitude for all that he meant you know to me and and i wouldn't i would be remiss if i didn't mention his impact on my life i just there's no way there's no way for me to say that he didn't have an absolutely uh just uh an, an important he played such an important role in my life and i'm so grateful for his friendship and brotherhood that just is priced, this will always be a priceless gift that I was given in this life. 
Right. He is also omnipresent here. So, <laughs> you know, he knows it. He feels it. He's like, doll, please. <laughs> Not you talking to Mr. Keith Ferg. Yeah. So, John, yes. we love you. And um, I'm sure we'll see you again, baby. Definitely. Without a doubt. Okay. Moving forward. Um, tell us some of your, tell us one of your biggest challenges. It's a two-part question. Sure. And the lesson you've learned thus far getting to where you are now. Wow. I would say, honestly, my challenge is probably most people, I'm not everyone, you can never, but most people's challenge, whenever you're doing or you're stepping out on something that, that really rides on just you in, in, in the execution of it, and that's belief, you know, doubt, being able to have your mind disciplined and, and strong enough. And what I had to learn through so much trial and error was that it, it, the, the sad part is so many things are simpler than we really make it, yet there are difficulties. Now, the simple part is the fact that if you can hone some discipline in whatever you are trying to execute, I mean, that could be something as simple as uh, fitness goals or a diet or how many books you're going to read. If you can discipline yourself enough to understand what things are required that you know about, I'm, we're not even going to talk about the things you'll discover along the way, but just the things that you're aware of, you know, for your craft or for your business, whatever that business may be. If you can, you do things even when you don't see results because they're going to bring the results, but you don't do something and then look around to see if something's coming your way. You have to continuously do it. It's like someone who digs, who, you, you got two people, like you've seen that thing where they're digging a tunnel and they're, you, they're almost at the breakthrough, but one person gets tired and goes, you know what, this is just a waste of my time, not knowing that had they dug for just one more day, they would have broken through. So mm -hmm. I, think, I think that the level of belief in yourself and your level and faith of whatever you cling to, whatever that higher power is or that source of inspiration is, Use everything at your disposal that is going to feed your positive mindset. I had to learn that that's the space you live in. And there's just no other way around it. Okay. You know, negativity will always make you tired, will make you frustrated, will make you feel that, the, the, that everything is much further away. And so a lot of the things that I, I went through taught me that when I'm in the action of doing and thinking and, and creating uh, um things for my journey for within you know for my for my goals you do you by default you just feel accomp like you're accomplishing things but if you're always results oriented for every little step you take sometimes it's gonna you know you'll get frustrated and so it's about really I had to hold on to that positive mindset I had to keep pushing through no matter what and I promise you it can get really really dark because this you're you're alone like all right here's a fact an a professional actor receives more rejection in one year than the average person will ever receive in their entire life that's a fact wow just one year you will receive more you will deal with more rejection than a person will deal with in their entire life now that 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 variable may may change when it comes to people of color but i'm just saying in general you know, and then when you compound those things, it just it it just it just makes it even bigger. So it's really about your mind finding you're anchoring yourself to yourself. I will if I could tell my younger self anything right now it would be the better 
the work is about knowing yourself. Okay. You, the more you know yourself as an artist, the more you have to bring to 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 to, to your art. Um, the more you're connected to yourself, the more the journey of self discovery and the journey of 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 being in business for yourself makes sense to you. You know, but the less you trust yourself, because it really comes down to faith and trust. You have to have faith that you're moving in the right direction and you have to trust yourself because so many things will go will, will show you something that'll make you feel like you're out of your mind. Why are you doing that? That makes no sense. Why would you get into a field that's that competitive? Life is competitive. The only person you're competing against is yourself. You better come on, Keith, and tell them about it. Audience, <laughs> do you hear that? The only person you're competing with is yourself. But it this took me so a long true. time to realize that because most people, if you look at social media platforms, if you look at people competing for something as simple as followers and likes, that's fine. But understand who's following you and why. So your and and so whatever your product is, if it can bring you income, if it can do something that makes you feel fulfilled, wonderful, whatever that is. But we get to a point where we get very lost, and you cannot deviate from your from your program and I feel like social media challenges that don't get lost in just worrying about how many followers you get you want to get people that understand your brand and what your and your journey so that when they're following along they're they're following in support of that and not just looking for the next show me something everyone wants to know your business can you survive when people are spreading rumors about you can you survive when you know, you have an, uh, a project that doesn't go as well as you want. Do you start to question your, your, you know, everything about yourself? So it's like all the things that as you go up, climb the ladder in any business, can you survive at that, at, in that rare air of success? Because a lot of people think, oh, well, once I get to something, oh, you know, then I can breathe. No, you can't. You have to breathe <laughs> right? along the way so that you know how to breathe as the air gets thinner. It's not about oh, now I'm going to start breathing once I get to where I want to go. No, you, you, it's a practice. Whatever you're doing today, you're going to be doing this time next year. And either those, those practices will get you a little further along or you will find yourself moving laterally, laterally doing the same thing. So it's like, can you survive as thing as you go up? And that means you have to be willing to adjust and adapt and continuously evolve, you know, especially mentally. Because if you have a small mind, you will keep yourself in a small place. Your mind has to continuously be open to possibilities of things, even if they're not things that you would necessarily agree with. You have to be accepting that these, this is still a part of the universe that you're moving through. And it helps you hone your direction. And I just think working on evolution of, of self so that I can continuously to grow in what I'm doing and it can go in the direction that I really want it to go. And not just career success, but life success. Whew. Well, you gave them a lot to think about. I'm sorry, yes, I can indeed. Keep long-winded sometimes. I know. I love it though. I love <laughs> it. They need to hear this. I mean, you know, any inspi- aspiring actor or actress out there that want to go this route. I mean, these are the things we want to hear. We want to hear it right from the you know horse's mouth, sharing with us the real deal. You know. Um, yeah. Another thing. Sure. Let's 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 hit on this because I think this is very important because you know I came from the entertainment management background and a lot of people didn't grasp this they didn't really take it on. So how important, Keith, is it for aspiring actors slash thespians to not only know their craft, which is number one, 
but to know their business. Oh my God. Okay, guilty. Guilty. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, you know, I, I promise you, there was so much. The sad thing is just like our phones or computers, there's information right at our fingertips. Right at our fingertips right. as actors, out here especially. No excuse for an actor living in Los Angeles. Anything you want to know, you can pretty much find out online or through the Screen Actors Guild. The Screen Actors Guild, if you're a member, gives classes. There's so much information in those classes that they give about once you've booked a role, how you start to need to think about financially, how, you know, be conscious of, uh, you know, having a corporation, an LLC or an S-Corp, something that helps you shield your, your finances and turn yourself into a business. So these are things that were there that I didn't necessarily take advantage of until I got the role and I was able to start saying, okay, let me hurry up and get this done. I say learn about these things beforehand so that you, you it can be a seamless transition you know, once you once you're able to break through and get such an amazing opportunity, business is everything. How to look at your career as a business is everything. How to keep track of your career as a business is everything. Look at where you are. Make take notes of the casting directors that you either want to begin in front of or have been in front of, you know, a journal of how that went, what you learned, what you felt in the room. You know, because chances are you'll be back in that room if you did a good job. And you want to kind of be able to look over those notes and say, last time I was there, I remember this. So going in, I already know this is part of how I need to execute this opportunity. Also, you know, people talk about networking. Networking is funny out here. You have to you have to figure out really who you want to get in front of situations and what environment is best going to support that where you can actually possibly have an interaction or a conversation. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of times the actors just kind of come out, hope to get an agent. That's their thing. And then they get one. If they do, then they get an agent who's just kind of throwing, you know, throwing, throwing them out there to see what sticks. I think that as you learn yourself as an artist, learn what your casting is, learn how casting directors see you. What type am I? What, what are my strengths? you know, play to your strengths and work on your weaknesses. Okay. I mean, that's, that's with anything. Play to your strengths. That's what's going to get you seen, but still be working on the thing that you're struggling with. Don't try to cover your weaknesses with your strengths because they're going to eventually ask about that thing that you're trying to hide and see if you can do it. And it can it, it can be as simple as the fact that most of us aren't bilingual, so therefore we, we, we miss out on an opportunity that could be there. If, if they need an actor that speaks Spanish, my Spanish is, 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 is minimal. So one of my goals this year before the year's out is to start working more on my Spanish because I just think it opens up yet another door. So the more doors that you can open for yourselves just through simple education, whether it be Rosetta Stone or taking a class, things like that, make yourself as versatile as you possibly can. All right. So basically, in a nutshell, if you're going to be in this game, especially the game of Hollywood out there in L.A., listen, you got to know who the players are in order to play the game. Absolutely. Would you, would you say that would be true, Keith? Oh, you absolutely true. Know who they are. And that way you can at least say, OK, these are people I know I have to get in front of. I know I okay. have to. And I have to figure out how to do that. So when you sit down with an agent for an interview, 
you know, and they ask you about yourself and then they say, hey, what are some of your goals? Say, well, you know, I really love this show. I see myself on this. Know what shows you would be, you, you see yourself on. Know what commercials, if it's a commercial agent, you see yourself in. Pay attention to these things. Pay attention to the things that you want to do. If you want to be involved in commercials, watch all the, pay attention to the commercials when they come on. When you see a commercial, you say, oh, I would have been perfect. That, that's just right in my wheelhouse. So that's something I think they would have sent me out on. Make notes of that. Keep in mind of those things so that when you have a meeting, you can speak about your career because it's your business. Always remember that. You're not working for your agent. You're not working for your manager. They're working with you and essentially for you. Okay. So the more you're invested in yourself, the more you can help others service your business. I.e. your business. Exactly. So now we're about to get to the juicy part. All right. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Who is... David Derrick. Mm. Derek David. Derek David. Yeah. Looking at my He's, uh, phone, guys. Sorry. Who is oh, it's Derek all good. David? It's fine. Um, he he's a guy who uh well, let's see, he's a father of four. Um he lost his wife to cancer. They were together for over nineteen years. And um he finds himself Let's back up. In Savannah. Tell him where he came from, oh. who he is. Oh, the have and the have not. <laughs> right, the character that go. I play on the I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, on the have and the have nots. Um, Tyler Perry's uh, on Tyler Perry's uh, have the have and the have nots on the own network, Open Winfrey Network. Um, I which I've been blessed to play for the last three seasons. Um, it he's he's a guy that you know he he he's a he's a father he's the thing that i love the most about this guy is that he he's he represents so many of us he's he's a hard working uh he works in construction not just in um in uh building of houses but he also sells them as well he develops properties and so forth which is kind of you know a little more hands on but he also um is is in the real estate game himself but on, but but more on a a, a smaller scale and the show finds me working for uh, certain wealthy people in this um, rich Savannah community that the show is set in. And I fall in love and try to pursue with 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 vigor. Uh, Hannah Young, played by the uh, incomparable Crystal Fox, who's also playing um, Zoe Kravitz's mom on Pretty Little Lies. So. Congratulations to Crystal. Yes, congratulations, Crystal. We'll take our hands and give you a clap on that one. Yeah, she's she is bringing the heat. Okay. Um, and uh, so and and it's just been, and so I so for the first really two seasons that were one long season, it um I it, it was about our relationship and up in the pursuit of that. And just this last season, we found out that some unfortunate things happened, and it was discovered that Crystal and I had actually met many years ago under some really unfortunate circumstances and uh, she didn't remember everything about me and I certainly didn't remember that it was her and here we found ourselves in this very serious and loving relationship and then that was obviously the season finale and season opener of this shocking revelation that we actually our paths had crossed many years ago when I was only 19 years old and it was a really tragic incident Okay. so now our relationship is up in the air and we don't know what's really going to happen if they're going to be able to salvage it or what happens to Derek next. So I guess we'll see. I'm supposed to be uh, 
going to shoot some more episodes. So I guess that story is going to, and also season seven, which will be on soon. So you'll see some more of that, that segue, but I'm just so grateful for this opportunity because this journey is continuing. We don't know what's going to end up, what's going to be the final verdict on that relationship, but we shall see. And it has just been an awesome ride so far. Every aspect of it has been a dream. And I just continue to be inspired by these opportunities. That's awesome. I, I, I'm so happy for you. I mean, to, Thank you, to land a reoccurring role on a successful, you know, show like yes. uh, Haves and Haves. Yeah, it's Not. OWN's number one show. Yeah. It's, own, yeah. It's, it's so awesome to be on the number one show on OWN. And wow. I mean, when I initially I was contracted for 12 episodes and now I'm on episode, I've already shot 37. So. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Well, I tell you, my yeah. my family, my siblings and my mother, they are huge fans of the show. And she's, mm. she actually, I told her, I said, Mom, I'm interviewing Keith Berg today. She was like, oh, please tell him hi. You know, he's one of the Philly boys. Such <laughs> a, a tough upbringing that people say when you make it in New York, you can make it. Listen, if you can make it out of Philly as, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as, a, as a, you know, as a person, uh, a young person and, and, and forge ahead, the things that you do, Philly fortifies you and makes you strong in such a yes. way that you can go anywhere and you really can make it. It's just, I think that that, yeah. that, 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 that slogan that, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's for Philly as well. I don't think it's just New York, but if you can make it in New York, yeah, I agree. You can make it anywhere, but if you can make it out of Philly in the sense of if you can, if you can take what you've learned there and you can take what you've learned there anywhere and, and, and survive and be successful. Oh, awesome. So what was it, what is it like um, working for Mr. Tyler Perry? I know you worked <coughs> with Spike Lee, but now we got Tyler Perry. And I saw somewhere where you said, when you walk on set, you feel like you're walking into Wakanda. Oh yeah. I when like, I walk. You better talk about it. <laughs> well, you know what? Here's, I was the fortunate. Wakanda of Hollywood. <laughs> it is. It's Wakanda South. Um, right. And I call it that because <clears throat> when, when I saw Black Panther, the thing that stood out for me was that this amazingly beautiful, technologically advanced world was reminiscent of our African heritage and roots and how right. we're such an innovative, such a strong and regal, and it, it just epitomized everything that I see my people as inherently underneath all of this craziness. Absolutely. And when I went, I was fortunate enough to work, um, when, I was, when I started shooting, um, has it was at the new studio that he has now we would have one of the first productions to work on that studio as far as uh television wise for him for his uh for his television shows and so i had never been to the studio before and i was kind of there as even though it's still on they're still building stuff i was there and i got to see so much of the development over the course of the months that i was in atlanta when i first got there and the feeling and, and the way the staff and the way from him all the way down to the craft service, there was just a joy that you felt every day coming to work that people were just excited. Amazing. Just genuinely happy to be there. And everywhere I looked, I saw people that looked like me. Right on. <laughs> and it was very emotional for me because I had been in, the, I'm, you know, I've been in LA for over 20 years. And it's like I go onto these lots, you know, Sony, you know, Warner Brothers, and all these, you know, all these different lots, 
and 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 then when I see somebody looks like me, it's almost like, hey, way over there, exactly. hey, as they pass by. Exactly. But to walk by and everyone, you know, like it's almost like a, a eighty twenty. It's it's just, but it's my people, right? You know, so, and I love all people, so it's not about that. It's about seeing the advancement of people that you felt were disenfranchised when it came to Hollywood. Absolutely, people of color, of course, people of color, and to to know that at the helm was this black man, it was very emotional. I was like, wow, look what you have done. Yes. Look what you, I was like, you have, you have to have had this idea because anyone that sees this, any child that sees what this black man has done, any black child, just like seeing, you know, Barack Obama as the president of the United States, it, it then tears down the, the notion that anything is impossible because of the color of your skin. And brings on everything is possible. Because Everything. of the color of your skin. <laughs> right. Because we went from looking at Mr. Perry as, well, hopefully, you know, Hollywood will let him do X, Y, Z to, hey, he just went and opened his own studio. So he doesn't need anybody's permission. Okay. And then they and connect that, with Miss Oprah. <laughs> oh, exactly. You're talking about the these heavy hitters mm-hmm. that are creating their own thing. You have a, 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 this, this, this black queen who has her own network. And I love the name own, even though it's Oprah Winfrey, it's our own network, yes. essentially. Yes. To have this man who's creating all this content that's about us, you know, from different stages, from comedy to drama, to just to be able to be self-sustaining without always needing permission is so empowering to see. And so I just, you know, at the time when the movie came, I said, well, that's that's my nickname for the studio. It's it's like Wakanda South. Where, <laughs> Wakanda South. You know, in it's in the South, it's Atlanta. It used to be a you know, an army base and a whole lot of horrible things took place on that land. And to know that one day a black man was gonna own that land where a lot of those atrocities took place and make it what it is today, that epitomizes, you know, your whole ideology, you know, from execution to excellence. Yes. Yes. He, he is the epitome, epitome of execution to excellence. And and then also, too, like, you know, he's directing every episode. So here you go. Here's the studio direct uh, studio head sitting behind the camera every day from the first shot to the last shot and then shooting another show on Fridays. We were working from Oof. Monday to Thursday. So he's there from Monday to Thursday with us. Then he's there from all day Friday with the pains. I'm like, well, wait a minute. So Saturday and Sunday, what are you doing? <laughs> then he'll be flying off somewhere to be at an engagement or he's, you know, making sure that scripts and th- like he's a hands on. If I can work 12 hours a day and own the place, what's your excuse? Okay. Success. Nobody has time to sleep for success. No, nah, you don't. And it's like, if you think you do, then. You know, good luck with that. Okay. But don't be angry with the outcome is all. All right. That's all I'm saying. And look, here's the thing. He's telling our stories. And nobody can tell our stories better than we can. Exactly. And social media and- has allowed us to take that on and run with it. Oh, it's beautiful. There's so many shows now because of these streaming services that are going to provide opportunities for actors, directors, and writers that would have otherwise not happened. But because people can watch a whole season in a night. Mm. they're never going to get enough content. So this is always going to be work now and people need to really start to, to, and now, you know, with, especially for women, 
there's so much of opportunities that are opening up. If you look at like, you know, the Ava DuVernay's and yes. all the things where women are taking the helm yes. of filmmaking and, and getting these opportunities. It's like, listen, we can do this. We are doing this. Let's continue to push forward and whatever the ideology is, whatever the, the goals are, don't, don't worry about, see, it's the thing. If Ava wasn't prepared when the opportunity came, there would be none of this stuff for her it would be somebody it. else and we would be saying their name and she would go she would be saying to herself damn i could have did that i could have did that and there's no reason to have to say that because they're always going to be an obstacle there's always going to be something to overcome there's always going to be inconveniences and and things that just happen life happens in the middle of you of your of your journey that's right you trying to stay focused life happens and stuff will just explode right as you're and it couldn't happen at a worse time so what and you have to be just, open to receive it and allow it to come. You just do. And you just keep walking through the fire. You just keep walking. And you keep fortifying the relationships of people that are solid in your life that you know continuously sharpen your resolve and strengthen your resolve. You know, it becomes about really valuing relationships, keeping your circle tight. You don't need a million friends. You just need real ones. Okay. And if that's just one or two people, consider yourself blessed. But just really learn to love yourself, learn to give yourself a break, but also learn to push yourself harder than anyone could ever push you. And that, I think those those things, you know, really keep me going these days. These those things really keep me focused is knowing that no one should ever have to push me harder than I'm pushing myself. No one. Not 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 if I want to if I'm going to be the success that I plan to be. If someone's telling me and encouraging me and pushing me harder than I'm pushing myself. You know, then I just have to take a look at that and go, okay, well, I need to step my game up because it's all on you and you can do it, which is the good news. That's right. You better come through with these sound bites, Mr. Burke. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Well, you know what? I want to ask you, what what would you like to see happen next in your career? Um, Honestly, the next phase of my career is I would love to be connected with a film um like if bill street could talk you know like something that that really i can people can see the full journey of a character i mean i love television as a job like it's it's the awesome job because you could constantly do it that's the beauty of television you can go to work every day for, for you know a couple of months and you feel connected to something and 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 a film is that but a film you get to see the full journey within a two-hour period and I would love to be connected to an amazing character that people get to see a journey of someone who is either experiencing stuff that I've experienced in life or seen up close and personal that was very valuable to me to tell that story and be a part of that story because I feel like it's not uh, it's not told enough. I, I feel that there's there's a lack of that that character representation of our community so to be connected with something like that would be huge for me okay i i definitely understand that you know i feel like it's a form of activism in a sense and with i'm sorry yeah i was just saying i just feel like that's my activism within my art is to be connected to, to telling those stories you know not only but to have but that would be something i would love to be a part of because of how how much I'd like to be a part of story, stories that involve our community and powerful stories that involve our community. Great. You know, it's funny. I was down in uh, North Carolina at the Black Entrepreneurs Summit for um, 
black enterprise. And it was interesting. I saw uh, Datari Turner on stage, mm -hmm. and he was sharing with the audience how your mission had to be everything. There was no, you know, do and die. There was either do or die. So, yes. I mean, when you go out here and you're trying to execute anything to the fullest to make it through to excellence, you have to give it your all. There is no mm -hmm. maybe, I think I can. You have to only know that you can. Would you say that's, that's true? Absolutely. And I, and I'll always say, like, please understand when you're in the motion of this, there's no instant gratification sometimes. Sometimes there's just the work. That's all you have. And you have to be so grounded in the steps that you're taking and belief within the steps that they're going to give you the success that you're looking for. You just have to have that belief in a way that is hard to explain. But you'll feel it within yourself and it'll feel like, whoa, am I losing it? No, that's your true belief in your, in your journey. And I think when it's all for you, when you're willing to say, I, plan B is just to, to double down on plan A. That's my plan B. And when you really feel that way, it's hard for you to, 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 to lose because you understand that you're working with the universe. You're not fighting against it. You're working with it. You're accepting it. And I think that acceptance allows you to, to appear like a gambler to people around you because they can't fathom that mindset. So, you know, when we see people, whether it be doctors, take certain chances on an operation and they're like, oh, my God. And he's like, just trust me. That's life. That's you. That's that true belief that he's working with the universe. I'm going to do this because something greater than me is pushing me and propelling me because I've accepted that that's who I am. And I think that you ride that wave of acceptance of self. And it's like a huge wave that propels you forward. And you're not always in complete control but in the knowing, you find your your way. You, it's it's like just trusting and keep you keep walking down a hallway. You don't know where it's leading, but you believe so so truly that it that's where you're supposed to go, and that's the direction that you just keep going and you don't look back. And I think that that's something that because we're not taught that as a skill, as a life skill, we always feel kind of out of control. And whenever we feel out of control, we feel that we're moving in the wrong direction, and nothing could be further from the truth. You know, you can have those checks and balances to say, OK, well, I'm at least my my plan, my immediate plan for this month and then see what you've accomplished and see if any if you feel like you're on the right track. And if you continue to feel that way, whether anything supports it or not, but you feel like, OK, I feel like I'm I'm making headway. You just keep going and you can't be afraid to put yourself out there. You can't be afraid to to put yourself in situations where you're just not sure the outcome the only thing you're sure of is yourself right that's what this is this is what a con it's a constant where you're not assured like no actor is sure of the outcome of an audition or sure of the outcome of even a, a role you, you 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 do the work but then you have to walk off stage someone has to edit it someone has to cut it and make it what that you know support the story they're telling and then when you finally see it you have to hope you don't look crazy to yourself <laughs> right i mean there's so much trust involved that once you once you've done the work you have to walk away from it and trust that the work is done until you see the final result well, that's life you do work every day until you see a result and then when you see a result you know you're on the right path then you double down and you work harder for the next thing all right that's it <laughs> all right you wrap that one up so I have a couple more questions. So we're going to sure. get through this. 
So I want to ask no you, I, like I said, I, I've read quite a bit about what you were doing and what's going on now with you. And I just wanted to know, what was it like finding for you to truly right now find the right support system in management and an agent? Because a lot of, you know, actors and aspiring thespians, they don't realize that, you know, as they grow, they actually need both a good yes. manager yes. and a good agent. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, man, it, you know, the point I was when, at the point I was when I when I got a, a manager and I've had different managers, not a ton, but I've had a few managers over the years. And I think early on in my career, I didn't really understand exactly. I wasn't able to own what a manager should be doing for you. OK. And as I've gotten older and now that I have a really great manager, I really, really like my manager. And I like uh, really grateful for my agent that I just signed with at the top of the year. <clears throat> the thing is, your manager is essentially helping you put the pieces together. That's so right. he's he's he or she should be focusing on getting you represented by agents who, first and foremost, believe in your talent, who believe in your ability, who really see something where that you know they see a niche that they're missing. In, within their company and they go you know what he brings us this that and the third so they can focus on that particular area and so you're not competing with other people in your company you're just the person that is representing this age group versus you know this type whether it's leading man 40 to 50 that's we we have this guy and you know whoever else they have within that age range, you're still not competing with them for the same jobs, which is great. Your manager should always be thinking about how to help you take steps in your career. Your manager is there to say, okay, we got you the agents, we got you, you know, and, and, I'm, and, they're, and they should be in communication. They should be working together. It shouldn't be your manager's doing this over here and your agent's doing that. Your agent is the one that negotiates the contracts. But your manager and your agent are working together to 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 map out and, and move your career forward and upward. They're, they're the ones saying, OK, I see you on this show, but you can also tell them, hey, you know, so-and-so's coming out with a 50, got something coming out. I would love to get in for that. If You know, can you can you see, you know, the breakdowns and see what's going on with that? The communication between all three is great. That's what I have. That's what you should aspire to. If you feel like, you know, I'm not saying call your agent a manager every day, but at the end of the day, if you have a manager, you should aspire to someone who you can talk to, who you can have a dialogue about your career and they and you guys are on the same page. You can always kind of check in and make sure you're moving in the right direction. It should be a consistent communication on a weekly basis with your manager and your manager should be able to answer questions for you when you have things that you're unsure about or you want to run something by them that you have a great idea. That's what your manager's there for. They're there to tell you about, you know, any type of uh, um, public publications or, you know, a good publicist or some, you know, things that you should do to kind of help strengthen your brand. Your manager is ma helping manage your brand and your, in your career. And they're taking on, on usually taking about 15% of your, of your income so you want to make sure that they're earning that money okay? and that they're doing. Yeah, because this is your company and you're saying, hey, I'm going to pay you 15% of what I make off of this job. 
if they don't, you know, if you don't feel that they've earned that, or if you don't feel that they're they're invested in your career, then and don't be afraid to fire nobody. Like, like I was blessed, you know, I got to where I was, but I had to go through certain things. So when I saw something wasn't correct, I, I wasn't, you, you know, once you've done all your checks and balances within that and you see, hey, I'm in a bad situation, don't ever be so afraid. Don't let fear, just like you don't let emotion make your decisions for you in business. You don't let fear or emotion make those decisions. So, you you know, it doesn't matter if y'all had words or you didn't like the way a conversation ended. It's about results and are they moving in a direction for my career? Did they make a decision that hurt your career or helped it? When you've come to the conclusion that it's the negative, you have to move on. And when it's no when it's no uncertain terms, this is a negative. Move on. Okay. Sometimes you'll go. You, you know, I went. Believe it or not, after I, you know, after after I had some success. I had to fire someone, you know, not the one I'm with now, thankfully, but this is in the past. And I was, I didn't have an agent for over six months, mm. but I, because I wasn't willing to continue to take a chance at working with the same person and having this, something even worse happen, I was willing to do without. Sometimes you, the integrity of your situation is way more important than the consistency. Consistency bad of something bad doesn't do anything for you, except put you in a deeper situation possibly. Sometimes you got to walk away from something to come back at it with something twice as strong. And I think that's what I've done. But I had to have that faith and belief in myself in order to do that. And it was tough. Oh, and it's sure. not easy and it sucks. But you got to believe in you, in you first. This is true. And you know what? Man- like you said, your manager has to have their ear to the ground to see what propels your career forward and keep, keep mm-hmm. everybody moving. Because, you know, everybody has to eat at the table. Absolutely. And I have a great one and I'm really happy with with him. And I just feel like, you know, just he's a, he's a blessing and he continues to show me that I'm, I've, you know, I'm, I'm very I very much made the right decision. So I'm just grateful. I have, a, I have a really good agent and they contend they consistently work hard at getting me really great uh, interviews and and uh, opportunities. So right now I'm just just being thankful, making sure that I'm doing my due diligence over everything because at the heart of it again it's me so i have to be always on point no days off that's right no days off okay (laughs) so we're gonna wrap this up this has been a amazing amazing interview with you keith burke i well that's the least i could do i I mean i just feel like i've redeemed myself you know i worked for you years ago when i was young and, and, and impetuous and still trying to find my way and you were kind enough not to fire me, but I just always <laughs> felt like I owed you something. And, you know, I said, well, I don't know if Jane knows, but I'm grown now and I've got my shit together. Well, clearly you do. And yeah. it feels great to be able to to have this dialogue with you. Oh, so thank you. Um, thank you. I can't wait to come out. Not to only to call you that, but friend and family. You always be family to me now. Thank so. you. I'm grateful for it all. I can't wait to come out there and see you. I'll be out there probably in the next few months or so. But okay, I have one other question. <laughs> and then we can say, you know, this was an amazing interview, though. So okay. if you had um, one question you would want to have people ask themselves on a daily basis, what would that question be? Mm. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I guess if I had to try to phrase it, I would ask you to ask yourself every day, 
were the decisions that I made for my life today in a real way. It, were they in line with the life that I say to myself, I really desire? Mm. You better talk about it. You know, I mean, just ask yourself that question. Like, did it just what I did with my day? If your day was I just kicked in and watched basketball or watched the finals, okay, no problem. I just ask you to ask yourself is the time I spent, how I spent my day, is it in line with what I say I desire for my life? And if you can say yes, then hey, it was a great day. Well, you wrapped that one up for us, Keith. I hope you guys really listened to this interview. This was a great interview from a really good friend of mine. Um, I am so proud of him. I wish him well on his endeavors and, you know, bless him with uh, the have and the have nots and the working with and working with someone, you know, as talented as Mr. Tyler Perry. I'm glad to know that, you know, he doesn't sleep either <laughs> to get <laughs> to get success through for us, you know, because guys, you know, like he said, it's wonderful to walk on a set, I'm sure, and see people that look like you finally, because we all go through it. And, you know, the decisions yeah. you make in your life are the decisions that usually if they're on the right path and align with you and what you want in life, they come to fruition. Absolutely. So Keith, tell us where to find you. Give us your handles, your hashtags. Let us know where we can find you. Well, um, Instagram, it's uh, Keith underscore Burke underscore official. That's it. On Instagram, on Twitter, um, I'm Keith Burke, uh, 2300. And obviously Facebook, um, you know, if you still use that like that, I'm just on Facebook at, as Keith Burke, just my name. So, guys, you got to watch out for Keith Burke with Miss Crystal Fox. Um, Absolutely. On the haves, she's a fire. Yeah. She's, she's a firecracker. On the haves and have nots. <laughs> we want to see how that develops, guys. And I would look, I would love for you guys to go to um, Apple Podcasts and download this episode here. This is episode five. You can find me at The Jane Bond Show. And this is episode five, Jane Bond Show, from execution to excellence. And guys, until the next time, look out for the next show. It'll be another special guest like Mr. Keith Burt. Talk to you guys soon. Look to see you again. Keith? Blessing. We're going to say Blessing. goodbye. I would like you to say goodbye to the audience and we'll close this show out. All right. Good. Uh, it has been wonderful. Jane, this is something I'm always going to remember in my lifetime. Um, and I just want to say to everybody, continue to, to believe in yourself. Please know without a shadow of a doubt that anything that you can dream, you can achieve. And this is really true. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Mr. Keith Burke. He laid down the laws of Hollywood. When it comes to wanting to be an actor, a real estate agent, an investor, or anything you might want to be or dream of, understand it takes hard work. A work ethic that you must take on the mindset of do or die. And your mission has to be a big mission, along with your intentions. I hope you guys really get a chance to sit back and listen to Mr. Burke tell his story. 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify and at anchor.fm forward slash The Jane Bond Show. Please subscribe and download and write your reviews. We would love to hear from you.